I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, July 13th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, Peak Pals, this is a fun one to start off the episode. So Shopify has taken a hard stance against meeting, I guess for the sake of meetings, recently taking aim at recurring get-togethers and implementing meeting-free days. But the company's most recent anti-meeting measure is the most aggressive yet. It's a calendar calculator that estimates the cost of booking a meeting with three or more people. So a 30-minute meeting between three people can cost anywhere from $700 to $1,600 and hit above $2,000 if you add an executive into the mix. After all, time is money. But Jay, if I look at this podcast that we do every day, it must be a steal. Our time is not that valuable. Our time is not that valuable. And while it seems like it takes forever to put together, you and I are such pros, it's lickety-splickety. So I feel like our listeners are getting quite a deal. And uh, maybe Shopify should look at some of our work processes. You know, the only thing I can ask for in return that to thank us for the, let's say, $25 to $75 each day that this costs us with our time is to just leave us a review, subscribe, share with friends. Wow, that's quite an advertisement we just did that we turned in something about <laughs> Shopify into something about how people should read the peak and subscribe. Brevet, aside from all the money Shopify doesn't want to spend on useless meetings, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, what's next after the latest rate hike? For our second story, Laurentian throws up the for sale sign. And for our last story, Canadian Watchdog launches Probe into Nike. For our first story, Tiff Macklin, the Bank of Canada, did what everyone expected and raised Canada's overnight interest rate by 0.25%, up to 5%, which is the highest since 2001. Brett, why did TMAC hike rates again? So we talked about this yesterday. We teased that this might come and it did. Now, the Bank of Canada cited surprisingly strong economic activity, a shockingly resilient housing market, and an enduringly tight labor market as the key reasons for the hike. Even though inflation fell to 3.4% last month, which is way down from a high of 8% last August, the Bank of Canada was still concerned about underlying price pressures, noting that most goods in the consumer price index basket, like meat, bread, and rent, continue to rise substantially. After this recent rate hike, Bank of Canada sees inflation staying at around 3% all through next year. It also projects Canada's economic growth to slow to 1% over the next 12 months. Now here's what's next. We'll have to wait until September 6th for the thrilling sequel while the Bank of Canada pours over summer inflation stats before making their next move. Macklem said that they are, here's a quote, prepared to increase our policy rate further, but we don't want to do any more than we have to. Macklem's neither here nor there stance has split economists, with one sign reading it as a sign that rates will take a breather and the other predicting yet another rate hike. That's so economist of them, on the one hand, on the other hand. And it matters because getting the interest rate right is a big deal. One hike too many could severely stifle economic growth and send Canada into a prolonged recession, while also pushing more of the population into extreme debt. However, one hike too few, and inflation might never return to the 2% target. So there's really not a ton of pressure on TMAC. He uh, must sleep well at night, I guess. Yeah, it's tough for him. For our second story, on this season of the Canadian Bank Bachelorette, 177-year-old Laurentian is looking for that perfect deep-pocketed suitor to give it the final rose. What's going on with the story, Jay? Well, here's what's happening. Laurentian Bank, Canada's ninth largest lender, is undergoing a review of strategic operations, which is a long-winded way of saying that it's looking for a potential buyer. With 57 branches and $51 billion in assets, it could be an attractive target specifically for other Canadian banks looking to expand into the province of Quebec like Scotiabank is. Now, based on recent transactions, the Globe and Mail estimates that acquiring Laurentian could cost somewhere in the ballpark of a measly $2 billion to $2.8 billion. 
and shares of Laurentian surged over 28% yesterday on back of the news. And this is all happening because, as the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. Laurentian's board concluded that the best way to maximize value for shareholders was to sell and get a piece of a larger enterprise rather than trying in vain to compete against its bigger rivals. And it matters because alongside HSBC's proposed $13.5 billion sale to RBC, Laurentian shopping itself points to a trend of increasing consolidation in the Canadian banking sector. While a banking sector with not that many banks has its pros, well, like Canada really hasn't seen a bank failure in over 20 years, more consolidation means even fewer banking options for consumers like you and me, Brett. The big six banks control 93% of all Canadian banking assets and are on track to snap up more as their deep pockets make it difficult for competitors to get a leg up. Now to zoom out. RBC is awaiting the results of the Competition Bureau's probe into its acquisition of HSBC's Canadian arm. If the Bureau moves to challenge it on the grounds that it directly diminishes sector competition, that could pump the brakes on future consolidation. For our third and final story today, Canada has reportedly launched one of the first ever probes into Nike's alleged use of forced labor abroad. Brett, what are investigators looking at? So Nike Canada faces a federal investigation into allegations that it sells product made with forced Uyghur labor in China's northwestern Xinjiang region. A broad range of journalists and organizations like the UN have reported on alleged crimes against the Uyghurs, an ethnic Muslim minority population, by Chinese government officials. An ethics watchdog alleges that Nike has supply relationships with companies that use or benefit from such labor, though Nike claims those ties have been severed. Now, to catch you up, the mandate of the Canadian Ombudsperson for Responsible Enterprise, which luckily it has an acronym, which is CORE, the watchdog leading the probe, is to keep an eye on Canadian garment, mining, and oil and gas companies working outside the country for possible links to human rights abuses. CORE launched in 2019, but is now only announcing its first probes into anyone's overseas business practices. The agency still lacks the power it was promised back in 2018 to actually be able to call on witnesses for testimony or force companies to share relevant evidence. And it matters because Sarah Teich, a human rights lawyer, told the Globe and Mail that to her knowledge, it's the first time that a government-affiliated body is investigating Nike over its alleged ties to forced labor in China and could push other jurisdictions to follow suit. And here's the bottom line. Though CORE lacks the power to investigate and prosecute companies, the bad optics of an investigation could still pressure companies to clean up their act abroad. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thank you, Brett. Have a great Thursday, Peak Pals. Peak Pals.